talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there once he hooks on up from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Lots more Penn State, Maryland action to get to today as we get set for kickoff at 3.30 on Saturday on the air beginning at 2 o'clock here on WKOK, WKOK.com and the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. Johnny Holiday, Steve's favorite guy, Maryland play-by-play guy, is going to join us today at 4.06. Tyler Donahue from 24-7 Sports will join us as well a little bit later on too as well. And just we kind of get ready to continue to break things down as Penn State looks for its first win of the year and tries to finally get that going here for the first time since 2012. This team is and two and as Steve's kind of mentioned throughout the week and I concur getting out to a lead gonna be very key and I also think trying to contain Talia Tonga Viola in the pocket which is something that Penn State was kind of up and down against with against Ohio State last week but you can't help some of the throws as we talked about all the time that Justin Fields has made but with a guy like Talia Tonga Viola God's still developing. If you force him to make some throws from the pocket, chances are, especially with Penn State's front four, we know what kind of damage they can do already just going back to the Indiana game alone. You can get pressure on the quarterback and maybe force a couple of turnovers. That's where I think the game's going to be won for Penn State. And then offensively, I'm, I wanted to get into this with Steve yesterday. We just didn't get the time, but maybe we can get into it today once he hooks up here. Is... Now that we know running back depth is kind of gone to the wayside with all the injuries that have happened, we saw early on in the Indiana game a lot of six offensive linemen sets. I can't say for the Ohio State game because I didn't get a chance to see it fully since I had other duties with the, the president in town. But I do wonder to try and get the run game going if you'll see some more packages with six offensive linemen in to try and help out that run game a little bit. And also protect Sean Clifford. That's the other thing of this other side of the equation here that we've also talked about this week is you gotta keep Sean Clifford upright. And one for one thing he can't be running the football as often but at the same time that's been the pickle here for Penn State which is why I think you have to have the max protect in there is that's what's been moving the football. He's been the team, one of the team's leading rushers. I think he had he's had 35 carries in two games, I think Steve said earlier this week. Not ideal for, for your quarterback. I don't care what level you're on. You got to be able to run with your running backs. And with that being said, too, there that helps go. you stretch the field, too. So there we go. 
There you go. I think we had to reconnect. So, yeah, I hit it on the side. It's amazing how that technique works. <laughs> Same here. Sometimes you you need to uh, give it a little uh, aggression. So today on the show we have our high school football roundtable. Oh yes, that too. Right. Uh, yes. You produce the show. <laughs> This is the last one. Well, I already said we're going to have Johnny Holiday today, Tyler Donahue, and then, yeah, right, we got to do the roundtable one more time. Well, don't make it sound like it's it's, it's the walk of Batan here. What the <laughs> This isn't the Batan march. I mean, come on. I'm starting to worry about you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first guy that was in that chair... When we started almost, uh, you know, this is what, our ninth year? The first guy was in that chair would be panicking about the holiday schedule in February. I'm like, what, what, what are we doing here? Well, he loves then, the holiday, so that doesn't surprise me. Then, of course, then I had to hear about the Indianapolis 500 for two and a half months. <laughs> uh, then... I had to hear that August was the greatest month of the year, and I'm looking around like, what the hell happens in August? (laughs) And then I had to hear after week two of the high school football season what the playoff scenarios were. The man thinks ahead. What can I say? Now, I have not said one thing here that's inaccurate. None of that is embellished. He, August is the greatest month of the year. Okay. Training camp. Uh, okay. Now, of course, I've, I have the spike, so I enjoy August. I like broadcasting baseball on a beautiful summer night. The Indy 500, he talked about all the time. And the IndyCar series. They've got a big race at Fort Worth. I said, well, if it's so big, how come there's nobody in the seats? They just don't know it's big. Valid question. <laughs> okay. Uh, the holiday thing he talked about all the time. And the playoff scenarios after week two of the high school football season. <laughs> it's week two. What are we talking about this for? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I did not say anything that was inaccurate there. Nothing. The Niners are going to be without four players for COVID-related reasons tonight, but they will play Green Bay. Okay. So, but, but then did you see what happened with this? It's a false positive. Yeah, but they still, but because they're on the COVID list, they have to stay there. Right. Exactly. Uh, because there is. They probably have to take another test or something like that. I don't know. Another, they have to keep passing daily tests. Um, but, yeah. So that's what they'll have to do. Uh, and let's see. The Bears have one. They close their facility. Texans have one. They close their facility. Virginia Louisville's been moved back a week to the 14th. 
because Louisville had some positive tests. And, of course, Purdue and Wisconsin not playing this week. So that is uh, what's happening on the COVID front. Major League Baseball marketing. Major League Baseball marketing under the category of not being aware of your surroundings. Did you see when they announced the gold glove list? Tuesday night during the election. Yeah, that was bad timing. Who sat down in a room and said, hey, let's go with November 3rd? Great idea, Bobby. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. There's too many humanities majors running these things. What's going on here? (laughs) I mean, seriously. I sat back and said, you have to be kidding me. Major League Baseball used to be an incredible marketing machine. And when I mean incredible marketing machine, I mean incredible. They used to, you know, I, you know, I'll get the order out of whack here, I'm sure, but they'd pick a time, usually right around, you know, now to next week, and one day they would announce the American League Rookie of the Year. Then they'd announce the next day the National League Rookie of the Year. Then they'd announce the National League Manager of the Year. Then the American League Manager of the Year. Then they'd announce the American League Cy Young Award winner. Then they'd announce the National League Cy Young Award winner. Then the National League MVP and the American League MVP. They'd track this out over two weeks where they'd be the lead story on every single sportscast. Now they announce the Gold Glove winners on election night. Under the category of, okay, I freely admit we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) I mean, did any of you even know they did this? Like, what the heck? It's a bizarre world. Hey, we have college football tonight, by the way. Utah State's playing Nevada tonight. Now, did you see what happened with the Central Michigan game last night? I did not. Central Michigan, I believe they have the ball. They're driving in. A minute 18 to go in the half. Lights went out. They finally get back to Mac action. First game in the MAC being played. First one. And they have a power outage. <laughs> you know, I want to. I realize there are more night games now, so I understand that. But for those of you out there who have, like me, put a few years into life, until the last 10 years, do you remember any games where there were power outages? I don't remember any game with a power outage. Super Bowl 47. No, 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 no. I said 10 years. I said 10 years. 
So like the the, the Niners Steelers game, uh, the the game between the the Super Bowl game between the Ravens and the Niners. Okay, so I, I, that's why I said ten years. I said let's go back and look. I mean, do you remember any games with power outages? No, I don't. I don't remember any. I don't remember any in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Power edge? Nope. You know, I realize that we have all these brand new stadiums or ones that have been refurbished. I understand all that. Um, I also understand that each one is, uh, each part of it is farmed out to the lowest bidder. I got that. <laughs> But I see more power outages and crazy things. Where's that back? I said, I thought, you know, this is the 21st century. Isn't everything supposed to be working better than ever? I, I don't know. I wonder sometimes. But yeah, they had a power outage. Gone. And I'm familiar with power outages in Michigan. I've done that already. Been there, done that. That Michigan State game a few years ago. The thunder and lightning storm, then the power outage. I'm like, all right, okay, great. They said, do you want to leave the booth? I said, what, and get struck by lightning? No. <laughs> leave the booth? That's the way that today's going. So it's uh, Utah State, Nevada on Fox Sports 1 at 7 tonight. CBS Sportsnet tonight has Wyoming and Colorado State. Now, for those of you hoping... For a snowstorm in Fort Collins, Colorado in November, it's 71 degrees there today, so that's out. (laughs) That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You know what would be perfect for Fort Collins, Colorado, on this day with it it being 71 degrees? That would be perfect. An IndyCar race. I thought you were going to say a Brewers outlet slushy. No, no, that's tomorrow. That's true. No, I know where I'm going here. An IndyCar race. (laughs) IndyCar, one sport where COVID has not affected attendance. All right. (laughs) That's not true! (laughs) All right, do we need to take a break? We do, yeah. Let's take a break. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all 
applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us. I do cherish my time with Merrill Reese. And I'll cherish my time with Johnny Holiday today. I'm Tyler Donahue. And uh, Greg Wetzel and Zach Showers. Uh, who's doing the uh, Shiklemi one? Chief, of course. And then I'll cherish it. All right. So, what? <laughs> what? I knew that was coming. You act like you act like I'm so subtle. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So uh Penn State will t- uh will be in action taking on uh, Maryland Saturday. We'll talk to Johnny about that in just a bit here. And uh, the Maryland feeling great about itself after that overtime win over Minnesota. Look, I mean, let's face it. I'm watching the game in the fourth quarter. I'm not giving Maryland much of a chance. But Tonga Viola was outstanding. Uh, got them rolling and going, which was, I mean, I give them all the credit in the world for doing that. Funk played great, 221 and 21 carries. Uh but I also felt that in watching Minnesota as P.J. Fleck got the lead and in the fourth quarter chose not to lose the game. That doesn't mean you do crazy things. I mean, but I mean, I'm watching. I'm thinking, man, you're really shutting this thing down. And then Maryland scored, and they got a little bit of momentum. They felt a lot better. And I understand why P.J.'s running the ball, because he knows his def- he needs to run the clock out because his defense isn't very good. I mean, that Minnesota defense is just not good. There is no way that that, that team goes 11-2 last year with that defense. Unreal. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. And 
a service department that is outstanding. Yeah, routine stuff so important. I mean, they take care of all that and more. That is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, our high school roundtable. We'll get underway in just a moment. First of all, Johnny Holiday coming up next half hour, the play-by-play voice of Maryland. And Tyler Donahue, 24-7 sports in the final half hour. We bring in Zach Showers now. Zach, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, it's good to be back one last time this uh, high school football season. Well, let's start with this. Uh, we go to uh, the game last week. It was back-to-back games. So one team made an adjustment to win it. What did Shemokin do to, to adjust? Well, they went about as simple as you can possibly be. Um, I had mentioned in at the end of last week, um, that Salem's Grove lost one of their linemen, Nate Schoen, for a penalty at the end of the game. Um, and it really took a lot of what Salem's Grove was able to dictate in the previous matchup with their run game. Um, Shemokin's traditionally a wing T team, and they came out and basically just ran I-formation power with their running back the entire game. Um, it was nothing fancy. Their lead back, Max Madden, carried the ball. Um, right around 35 times for almost 200 yards rushing. Um, And really, it it was that simple what they did offensively. Um, And it was interesting because Shemokin really hadn't shown that in the all season. Um, But they changed things around and went away from what what they've done all season. Um, Salem's Grove was able to move the ball a little bit on the ground. Um, They had some nice runs, but... Um, it was a little bit like earlier in the season where they had some opportunities in Shemokin territory and they just weren't able to capitalize and they weren't able to complete a pass, so that did not help either. Uh, all right, when you look at this season, obviously defense dominated. Who were the seniors, Zach, that really made an impact on the season? Um, there's there's a couple guys to think about. Um, first off, although he struggled a little bit, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Coy Bastion. Um, he didn't play his, his junior year and came out when Seals Grove really needed a quarterback um, and just worked his butt off and played really hard. Um, Ryan Ahmed is a kid that Seals Grove is really going to miss. He was a fullback and um, the middle linebacker. Um, he was a kid that just steadily got better every single year and plugged in the defense. And um, it's it's and you know from watching Penn State, it's nice to have those guys that you know whenever the the play gets to them that the play is going to stop right there um and he was a kid that ended up finishing uh, top 10 in Seals Grove history and tackles all time um so that was big um you had Nate Schoen that did a nice job um overcoming an injury uh Brett Four at at wide receiver and corner really um, played well and also had a nice job in the kick return game um, and just a, a number of offensive and defensive linemen that saw a lot of time. So um, there were some names and also some, some depth guys along the way. Who are the underclassmen that you're looking at, Zach, that can make a difference next year? Well, there's a, there's a couple guys. Probably, probably the biggest guy that I'm most intrigued to see is Brandon Heil, um, who is a, an outside linebacker and a running back. And Brandon was one of those kids that, as a as a sophomore, he was listed at probably five eight, one hundred forty five pounds, and showed up this season at around six one, one ninety five. 
and really made that jump. And he was lethal off the edge, um, had a number of sacks in the past couple games. And when Salemsgrove really, really struggled to establish the running game, um, he had almost 100 yards this past week and came into the year playing at wide receiver. So I think he's a guy that is re- has potential to really make uh, Salemsgrove's offense go um, next year. Teague Hoover um, also has played some time at running back, and he's a kid that even as a junior um, is top 20 all-time Salemsgrove tackles, strong uh, safety. Um, so they're, they're, those two are guys that I think have the potential to um, really make an impact um, next season. And there's, there's quite a few guys. Uh, Nate Almet, who's a cornerback and a wide receiver, had a very solid season. Um, so really um, the line is something that needs to continue to work on. But um, pretty much at every position going into next season, there will be some guys that will be back and um, you know, have have made plays and have shown to be commodities. Zach, a pleasure all season long. Great work. We really appreciate it and appreciate you. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on again this year. As always. All right. On a day where it's almost 70 degrees, I'm surprised we're able to pry him away from the golf course to do this segment. Hey, I got my 18 holes in. <laughs> You're the greatest, Greg. <laughs> you are the greatest. The greatest. All right. So, for Lewisburg, would it be safe to say that, look, obviously you'll get an injury here or there that's critical, but the schedule was the biggest problem? I, I think, Steve, you're correct there that the schedule was a huge issue this year. And, um, you know, they, they probably played the best teams, with the exception of Jersey Shore, in District 4 this year. And uh, the size of their team with the numbers and stuff like that, that, that just didn't benefit Lewisburg this year. Some years they could do it. This year is one of those years they just couldn't do it. Let me ask you about roster size. What is keeping Lewisburg from having, let's go back 10, 15 years ago, what's the roster size now compared to then, and why is it smaller now? Well, it's probably 5 to 10 players less than it was 10 to 15 years ago. Um, I think it's a combination of things, Steve. It's um, Lewisburg has one of the most successful soccer programs in the state. Yes, they do. Uh, they're ranked... You know, they're ranked number one in their division this year, number two in the state overall. Uh, They have a very successful cross-country team uh, where they've been two times district champs, uh, and last year they were state champions. And kids want to be a part of a winning program. It it, it attracts you. And uh, I think that has had something to do with it. I think something else that does it, and I don't think this is something that's common to Lewisburg. I think this is common everywhere right now. Kids don't want to sit on the bench. Yeah, you know, They don't want to pay their dues. They think if they're a freshman, they're a good player or a sophomore, they should be starting and playing a lot. And they don't, I don't know, they just don't want to sit on the bench and go through practices and stuff like that and wait their turn. And I think that also is an issue. All right, so who are the seniors that you looked at when it was all said and done and you say, you know what, they really helped lead? Well, Max Moyers uh, for four years was a 
the leading rusher on the team. You know, he finished his career with over 4,500 yards rushing for Lewisburg. Uh, Caden Spots did an excellent job uh, as a linebacker and, and lineman for Lewisburg. He was a three-year starter. Uh, Jack Landis did a nice job as a safety. He punted this year. He, he filled in a quarterback. He played wide receiver. He was kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Those three guys are going to be missed. Then you had Simeon Byler on the outside, a receiver that did a nice job for Lewisburg. Um, those kids are going to be missed uh, down the road just for their leadership ability. I, one of the things the coaches said to me when I'm talking about the seniors was they didn't see results this year in the field, but the underclassmen know from these seniors how hard you have to work to be successful. What they put in, the time they put in to be successful in the program, they, the kids have seen that you have to work hard to do that. Among those underclassmen, who, in your opinion, forms the foundation for 2021? Well, the, the good news is, Steve, we have four offensive and defensive linemen returning. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. That, that's, a, that's a strong starting point. Uh, Ethan Dominic hopefully will get back to his natural position as a running back next year. Um, Cam Michaels, I'm telling you, he is the most exciting 145-pounder you want to see in a football game. He, he can do anything. He's a real good athlete. Uh, they can put him at running back, wide receiver. He plays safety on defense. He's one of those do-it-all guys. The guy I'm interested to see, and hopefully he takes a step forward next year, is a kid named Jack Blau, who was a freshman this year, and he was a quarterback on the JV team, and he did some nice things there, and hopefully he can step up and be that quarterback next year that Ethan Dominic can get back to his natural position as running back. Greg, always a pleasure. I can't wait to go out and hit a few with you. I'm ready any day you want to play, Steve. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate it. Okay, take care. You too. All right. The team that is playing this week is Shikolami. They've got Mifflinburg coming up. And uh, the Chief Dave Ritchie joins us. Dave, first of all, great to have you with us. Uh, Why is life better for Shikolami these days? Well, they've got three wins after going one and four to start the season with a chance to get their third win in a row and finish at four and five. And I think what's more important is the fact that they are playing good football. I'm not going to say great football. I'm going to say good football in the fact that their defense has done a stellar job the last three games. In the last two games, the offense has come around and actually – against Midwest, used ball control to keep the ball away from a good Midwest offense with an excellent runner to take a 28-6 to victory away from Midwest. So things are looking good, Steve. Uh, if you'd have told me we would have been in this situation just four weeks ago, I would have thought, well, we're going to be lucky for that to happen. And uh, the kids have come through. They've, uh, Like I told you last week, they're survivors. And uh, right now, Coach Kaiser and his staff and the, and the kids on the football turned the outlook for completely around 180 degrees. They, when they broke through and won a game to get this little streak going, they, what did it do for the confidence of them? Because you can sit there and you can talk a good game about we're close, we're close, we're close. A win confirms that. What did it do for their confidence? Well, you can watch them out on the football field. And one thing that I always look at players 
Yeah, they can be playing hard, but if they're having a good time and enjoying what they're doing, and if you look on the sidelines and you see kids talking and watching and, and, and really putting a lot of time into the game, that means that uh, that, has, that has done a lot for them. And I've seen that in the last – since the Jersey Shore game, uh, it's, just, it's just entertaining to see that you've got kids that are, you know, they're enjoying themselves. They're having a good time. And it's not so much of a job anymore as it, it, it has become what it's supposed to be, a sport. And uh, I think that's a big difference in, in the outlook of the kids. Uh, I, I, you know, I have to give, I, I have to give every one of those uh, offensive and defensive linemen and, and the running backs and the linebackers and the defensive backs a lot of credit for coming back. And I think the wins have done exactly what I think you uh, – are alluding to they, they've uh, they've given them confidence, but they've also given them something to be proud of and something that uh, you know hopefully we turn things around and and uh, next year will be even better. Uh, we've talked about the seniors before, but what's their impact been on what we're seeing right now? Well, I can think of uh, two players on the on this team that have done so much. I'll start with the defense. With uh, with Duncan Weir, uh, he has, uh, I think, been the, uh, the 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 main point, or the 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 kid that kept them all together. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a linebacker have a better year than Duncan's had this year, and the other kids have fed off of it. Uh, they've I've watched a team that, you know, instead of him making a, a solo tackle, we find that. They're gang tackling, and there's a lot of people around the ball. Uh, they, I think they've they've uh, bought into the uh, fact that hey, the coaches are telling us we have these responsibilities. These are our jobs, and they've watched Duncan do that. And they have just, uh, I think they have one of the best defenses in the league right now. And I look, when I go to the other side of the ball, I look at Drew Balistrini. I mean, he's the quarterback. He's he probably would have been one of the greatest running backs we've ever had at Chicago. I mean, but he was forced into the issue. He put your best athlete at the quarterback position, and he runs the team. And sometimes I get a little upset with him because he tries to do a little too much. And sometimes I get upset with him because he has an edge to him. But I'll tell you what, those kids love him and they play for him. And, and I just, uh, without him and without Duncan and the rest of those kids that are seniors, we wouldn't have had the success that we've had in the last couple of games. And moving forward, once this is over with and the transition is made to 2021, who are some of the underclassmen that formed that foundation? Well, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Gage Wolf, and I'm looking at Colton Semko at running backs, and I'm looking at uh, the guys who had to move from a running back to a center position. Uh, these kids have uh, these kids have learned that sometimes. You have to put aside your own personal for the team goal. Uh, Curtis Raker has been a mainstay since he's been in ninth grade in the line. Uh, it's just something that uh, I think that they see that, you know, you put the work in, you put the time in, you listen to what the coaches are telling you to do, and they've had success. There, uh, You know, I, I just go, I look at the junior class and I look at the kids that are sophomores this year, I think I've talked to you before about this, that they haven't had a lot of experience because we do not have a ninth-grade team, and the JV program 
because of lack of numbers many times. They haven't had a lot of experience. They had to do a lot of growing up this year, and that has happened. And I think next year the line's going to be stronger. The defense, uh, the backs, uh, excuse me, the linebackers, a lot of a lot of kids grew up and became excellent football players. And they're coming back next year. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's very encouraging. Plus the other fact is, Steve, you know, when you start to have success, sometimes you get some kids that come out of the woodwork that haven't played for a while that say, hey, I'm, I like what they're doing. And uh, I'm hoping that some of the other athletes that should go to participate. You only, as far as I'm concerned, you're only ever going to be as good as your feeder program. And I think that's what Coach Kaiser has done this year. He's gotten the feeder program. I'm talking about your your uh, traveling teams when the kids are younger. <clears throat> You're talking about your seventh and eighth and ninth grade kids. Uh, they're all on the same track, and that's that's what's important. And uh, I, I, I'm I'm very confident, and I'm kind of excited about to see what happens next year. Yeah. Hey, as always, Dave. Always a pleasure just talking with you and appreciate uh, how much you've added to the show this year. Appreciate it and the great job, Kevin, and you do on Friday nights. Well, thank you. And, Steve, you know, I know I've been accused of being a homer. I'm 66 years old, and except for the five years before I started at school and the four years I was in college, I'm a shikalini brave. And uh, that I can't help that. And I, I just would like to get things back to what we were used to having uh, years ago. And I think we're on track to do that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate that. Thank you, Steve. You have have a good have a good call on Saturday, buddy. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thank you. All right. We'll come back. Johnny Holiday next half hour. Final half hour. Tyler Donahue, twenty four seven sports on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Johnny Holiday next half hour. Looking forward to that and hope you enjoyed our high school football roundtables this season. Uh, our reporters, Greg Wetzel, Zach Showers, and Dave Ritchie were outstanding. And we appreciate them uh, very, very much. Very much. Uh, for all the hard work that they put in and do. So that's uh, that's great. And they're great. Appreciate them very, very much. All right. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory as well. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Here at News Radio 1070 WKOK.